0: Hello and welcome. I'm so happy to have you here on Change and Perspective, your podcast for positive sustainability and a more conscious life. My name is Katrin David and today's topic is the pitfalls, challenges and opportunities of travel. I'm talking to Rishi, and I hope to pronounce his last name correctly, Rishi Bandari. He's Nepali and a freelance educational As he put it he's not part of the typical travel industry but he's more involved in educational programs and he's advocating for a more immersive travel. He grew up in an ashram south of Kathmandu for 17 years and right now he yeah he basically just follows his interest and um, pursues the quest to do educational work locally, but also with tourists. And this is what we talk about a lot, Um, what he does uh, and what actually education travel is, what he teaches, um, how we can travel more sustainable and what it actually means. Um, I also ask him if travel is actually doing more good than harm and what our privilege is what everyone's privileges and how it's different from another person for example living in Nepal, and how and why we need to reflect i'm so happy and i'm really excited to share this conversation now with you i honestly learn so much and i'm sure you will do as well so yeah enjoy Richie, I'm so glad uh, to have you today on my podcast and to hear your perspective. And I have so many questions, so welcome to Change Your Perspective.
1: Thank you so much. I'm I'm pleased to be here. I'm very excited to talk to you.
0: Me as well. I would like to start with your life um, or how you grew up in Nepal. I read that you grew up in a sustainable community and... um, I was wondering, looking back, how what was it like for this time um, to grow up in this kind of ashram, how's it called, and also to see foreign visitors every day?
1: Um, uh, great question well i yeah I grew up in a in a community, and um, um you know just I don't know what how folks are familiar with uh, communities everywhere they have different. Sort of characteristics, but the community that you know, you, the ashrams that are in India and Nepal and sort of Eastern part uh, have a strong spiritual element uh, and a you know, religious element. Um, the community that I grew up at, it was a spiritual, self sustainable community where, where um, we sort of tried to try to be self sufficient as much as we could, you know, that which entailed trying to grow our own food. Um, you know, trying to be self-sustainable with even labor where, you know, the work that you do, that the community needs is shared by the people that live there. And, um, you know, it, it extended to education, well-being, where, you know, you sort of um, help each other and, you know, be a part of the community by helping. In turn, you know, you s- help the community to run and you also help support yourself. That all that is tied to a strong spiritual element, um, where you know the work was a big part of it. So we, you know, we uh, yoga is a very deep um, part of our culture. Uh, yoga and meditation, um, and you know, yoga in its broader sense—not not, not the, the, just the physical uh, postures, but yoga in a broader sense, which entails uh, a lot of physical. Uh, sort of postures and pranayama and, and, and everything else and healing us and Ayurveda. So we, in the community, we used to, um, we used to run these um, activities where people could come and um, take part, you know, practice yoga, uh, enjoy the vegetarian food and whatnot. So, so that, with that, you know, that was one of the reasons why a lot of people came and another reason was that people also like to come and just explore what it's like to live in an ashram for a bit, and so you would have a lot of people who would come there um actually, a lot of people who also stayed, some you know many of them paid uh, in the guest house um but yes, we used to definitely see a lot of tourists for sure um um growing up you know it, eventually you get used to you get used to. Seeing tourists, um, uh, not not everyone's problematic. Um, not everyone's like problematic in the surface. Of course, you know, tourism is its own um, can of worms. But not not all tourists, you know, exhibit problematic behavior. A lot of people who came, you know, and ended up being decent people also. But I'm I'm not I'm not talking about personalities of people on a on a more deeper level you know you you kind of see people come you you see them come for seven days and um, bond with you, and then they leave and so so this is a never ending cycle of you know sort of being friends and breaking up and being friends and breaking up and so you know you get attached to people and eventually you kinda get used to it um and that's that you know that's a sad nature of it um and uh you know it It depends on also what phase of life one is in you know as a kid i you know i loved I love tourists when many of the tourists who came they bring candies and and whatnot, and so you sort of see that and as you grow up, you see you know you start to see that um there's more more to there's more to being helpful than than distributing candies and lifting you up in the air and you know playing with you for for a second. Um, but eventually, you know, in the community, we, we saw all kinds of people, um, and some were incredible, some really exhibited behavior that as I reflect in retrospect, I, I'm like, wow, that is, you know, that is a typical quintessential tourist behavior. But, um, yeah, anyways, I hope that answers your question.
0: Uh, Yes, yes, it's very interesting to hear your perspective because um, I do know the concept of ashrams and I do know many people um, who want to go there and experience what you just talked about. And I was wondering, how is it for you when you grew up and um, it's your culture, it's your way of life and it means something for you? what is it like to see foreign people trying to yeah experience it in some kind of way was it weird or
1: yeah i mean it's not weird it's not weird at all it's see it, if you want to experience that's that's a noble thing you know that's a that's a fine thing to ex- try to experience but there's a, another thing to appropriate um you know there's the cultural appreciation and then there's cultural appropriation and um oftentimes people uh, try to appropriate other cultures and and that's where, you know, I draw the line uh, to want to experience different cultures is actually one of the reasons why I teach uh, one of the modes I teach. And so I have nothing against that. Um, but then, you know, but, but then if you, you know, are going to with the mo- motive of cultural appreciation and experience, then it really, you, you know, you have to do a lot of work to prepare yourself and, Uh, your outlook and your actions and whatnot but uh, godspeed it's 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 really important for us to see other cultures and try to you know um try to experience i'm you know i i say it again and again that we can't quite live like locals tourists can't quite live like locals you know and that's um that goes without saying everywhere but um you can try to understand it deeper so
0: Yeah. Interesting. I would also like to talk about what you just said um, later on, but maybe uh, we can just skip in and what you said that you are teaching or working in educational travel. Um, And Mm -hmm. I would love to know, um, because I also didn't know about educational travel. Maybe you can explain what is the difference between, I would say, normal travel and educational travel.
1: Yeah um oftentimes we 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 take cultural immersion very uh, lightly you know we we take exploring um very lightly um traveling is great um but more often the reason why you see those problematic selfies with uh, you know celebrities posting with kids from africa and those those like typical pictures uh, a lot of those are uh, stem from this idea that you can just be a great traveler and you don't have to work for it. Educational traveler basically means that you know just like you go anywhere you go you go to a you know you go to uh, you go to a whatever activity that you go to and uh, you are you're briefed to what you're gonna get into you know you're briefed what you're gonna get into you're prepared you know no one's gonna go just let you go in the kitchen and then just work your way through the through the stuff uh, even though if you don't know food in some, ex- to some extent, you know, being a traveler in different cultures is kind of like that also, you know, where you can't just assume that you'll go there and, uh, you know, not have a negative impact. Um, and so educational travel in, in a broader sense is where you are preparing people um and intentionally preparing people who are travelers about the culture, uh, you know about different aspects of culture, like you come to Nepal, right? You come to nepal um there's there's two three things you can do one of one of one of the ways you can travel is that you 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 can be the lazy tourist where you come, you book a ticket, if someone books a ticket for you, you fly to the airport, and then you just google. Hotels, blah blah blah, and then you go and then you do these like very very typical things that are catered to tourists, and you come out of this feel you come out of it feeling that yeah, hey, you know I've I've met Nepalese, I've I know Nepali culture. Um, well, you know Nepali culture to a certain extent, but you've only seen a fraction of it. You more importantly, you've seen the part that is catered towards you. You know. Uh, because you know then so that and then you that is that comes when you do not do your homework when you do not prepare yourself, and then there's another way where you can actually um prepare learn about learn about Nepal and its people and you know a little bit of a history- history a little bit of a this and that, so that um you know and then and then extending that not just nepal you know a traveler in a sense. You know, a place is only a manifestation of yourself, your experiences. You go to some places, and then it's it's a manifestation of what you want to see. And so we also want to ex- try to explore that what it means to be um, exploring oneself. Also, you know, oneself. What are my beliefs? What are my uh, tendencies? What um, you know? What's my part in this world? Uh, and so you know, you extend it to other more facets, and then eventually um you know you, you you come to see nepal you come to see these places but you you go out you know so sort of more see i know i don't want to be sound you know full of clichés but you you sort of understand more yourself um you know understand yourself and your your world and this world um and uh, so on a broader sense that is what we do um but uh, sort of to give you a gist of what we you know what a, what a typical exp- educational program that i run entails is that we uh you know we we do a lot of lot, all kinds of activities but a lot of them are uh a lot of them involve preparing students preparing participants on you know sort of ethical ways of traveling uh preparing participants um and you know helping them meet a lot of locals not just those you know the the sort of typecasted locals who uh, you know oh Nepalese, the smiling blah blah blah, smiling uh, worshippers or smiling potters. no, there's like incredible intellectuals, there's incredible activists in Nepal, which you know it's not portrayed in Nepal in an international arena. it's not portrayed as that, but there's awesome intellectuals, there's like love incredible entrepreneurs. and you know so we we try to change the narrative of places uh, and uh, and then, we, yeah, we, we do that and, you know, we challenge, we challenge people. Um,
0: so interesting and amazing what you just said, because I was uh, reflecting and wondering myself, um, because right now, from what I understand or from what I knew, you only have what you described, um, the lazy traveler, who thinks of themselves as the adventurous traveler, just doing it all on his own. But if he doesn't think about what he's going to experience and how he's uh, how he's going to be perceived in the country, like you said, he will just be catered what everyone thinks he would like to have as a typical ter- tourist. Mm-hmm. Um, and then on the other side, um, you have... Hmm, yeah?
1: I also... Sorry, I, I'm, I also don't want to sort of... I look down upon people who just like to see, uh, just Yeah.
2: Um.
1: but, but I stand by my, by what I said about, if you want to understand deeply a culture, if you really want to understand, then that is not the way to go. That is not, that just doesn't suffice if you learn about people, but you know, if, if, if traveling, if just going to places sightseeing and, you know, is, is your jam, then, then so be it, you know, there's nothing wrong with that, but yeah, um you've you've missed a great opportunity to um you know just learn about people which enriches your uh, your traveling experience yeah super true, not-
0: super true and i also think um the typical traveler i just described um i think some of them really want to have an authentic experience uh but they just don't know how or they think they know how but they actually don't um and uh I was always thinking about those tours in general that this is more like the touristy attraction or more like the touristy um sort of one guy um guiding around a group of tourists. I was also perceiving this like oh this is just the tourist tourist um thing, but as you just described what you are doing is so different from like the typical tourist thing and this is really interesting to yeah to get to know people, hey, this is also a way where you can prepare and actually, when you do such an educational course afterwards, you can still travel on your own, but you know um, how to behave or how you can encounter people in the country.
1: Mhm, yeah, also, I want to add a little bit to that I'm you know as a as a Nepali person and someone who's i I love observing, I love observing people and. I love you know I love just seeing the dynamics I'm also quite honestly tired by this this new wave of tour, you know tourists or people who just are like oh I'm here for the authentic experience and mm-hmm. you know honestly I I also get tired of that um and you know yeah it's you know it's nothing new I'm not saying anything new when I say you got to understand learn deeper because as a matter of fact it's a whole new trend it's actually been there for a while where you know it, Everything that says off the beaten path sells heavily. So, you know, and that that authenticity is is a is a is a mark, is a selling point that you know a lot of travel people seem to cap- capitalize on. Um, and honestly, most of the times I get tired, and that also gives a lot of people this um, you know, moral superiority while they travel, yeah. and then you know, everyone looks down upon um and i also fall victim to that where sometimes i'm like oh i'm so enlightened and you know i know the way to travel but um and then you know it it gets it gets very tiring to be honest i'd rather see like people, tourists who are just just in it for the ride than mm-hmm. uh, you know wanna be enlightened buddhas who just are full of themselves and um think that they they're so high up because they seek they know they want to see the off the beaten track and Mm. um honestly it's just a fine fine balance and you know um and it it is tiring because it's not uncommon for people to be like because it's not cool lately it's been sort of a fashion where you know you you want to you want to look authentic you want to you know you you like to I don't know. It's tough. It it really is tough. It really, you know, when you, if you were Nepalese and you, you know, you sat in the square and you sort of overheard conversations, a lot of people, you know, sometimes I just am like, wow, it's, you know, so, so weird. I find it so, so strange.
0: Yeah. I totally understand what you mean. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, Anyway, when I lead with my students, I try to mitigate that. You know, I, I try to, um, I try to mitigate that. I'm, um, you know, there's no agenda. We don't have to prove anything to ourselves.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: We just gotta do what we came to do. Um, and, um, you know, uh, there's not no moral high ground in any of that. You do it because it's the right, thing, the right thing to do, not because you feel exalted. Um, and you, you know, you you can share at your cocktail party of how you you know hiked with this blah 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 you know I, I honestly get tired of the that attitude anyways
0: yeah maybe you can tell me uh then when you get a group of for example western people who want to come and visit nepal what is uh, the the first thing you tell them
1: um see i the first thing i tell them i don't know there's no i, it's, I say namaste actually um I say namaste, of course. Um, but, you know, this, <laughs> I wish I had a, I wish I had a catchphrase I could just use. But you know, my work is not. My work is fun, but it's not that. It's not that glamorous and climactic. <laughs> um, but, you know, a lot of it involves just <laughs> making sure that the people are safe and uh, they don't get diarrhea. <laughs> yeah. So a lot of a lot of times it's like, don't be bold, just drink your filtered water um mm. <laughs> but but i i understand what you what you're saying um you know i i i sh- like to encourage to people I, well, I like to encourage people to shy away you know avoid making those generalizations i you know i'm not a big fan of those banal generalizations um boring you know stuff like uh you know nepal's poor blah 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 india's so dirty indian people are so you know like unorganized or nepalese people are so uh you know mm-hmm. poor but happy and and all those all those statements and you know uh, a lot of it involves like just co- contradicting and challenging the preconceived notions because how you know imagine if i came to germany uh and you know i have never i've not luckily I know I've sort of read a little bit about Germany, but imagine if, even though I feel quite ignorant about Germany, so I come to Germany and I have these all preconceived notions about what Germany is and what its people are like, and you know I make all these banal, um, uh, you know, you know I have these platitudes that are just so, so rudimentary, and you know, and yeah. then you know I can't see Germany properly, um, and so my my work a lot of time involves challenging people because Mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's really important to, to, uh, you know, shatter some of those preconceived notions about misinformations about, about places and, uh, Mm -hmm. and also challenges the ideas of poverty and development and what it is. Just everyone likes to just fall into those simple and, you know, just lazy ideas lazy principles and you know like a better terms lazy platitudes of just like one idea of development and poverty and you know what is happiness and you know prosperity and and all that and um a lot of it involves just bringing them to reality being like yo this is this is what's up um yeah anyways yeah, yeah. so that that involves bringing a lot of people so that they see a plethora of people and they're like, oh, wow, Nepal's, you know, Nepal's just not what I, not just what I thought it is. It's much more than that. Nepal's just not more all roses and petals. Uh, like I thought it's also, it has also deeply problematic aspects, but also it's, Mm -hmm. it's got its, uh, you know, and so, yeah, yeah, exactly. And,
0: um, yeah. 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 That's really amazing. Um, so do you think in the end, um, in your work, you are challenging, challenging uh, those uh, prejudices, for example? Um, so would you say, when you had to make a, a statement about travel in general, would you say that travel is bringing people more or closer together and is challenging the prejudice it it works? Or do you think it just confirms what you are expecting? Do you know what I mean?
1: Yes, I think I think you you give me two really hard choices, (laughs) 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 but but pretty bold to to give those those choices. I I must say, Um, see, travel is a big privilege To, to, to have the ability to just go to different places is a big privilege. And so, you know, that you can't take that part of, you know, away from travel. I could I could say all kinds of things, you know, I could say all kinds of stuff about how, you know, one can be a better, you know, one can have a better understanding of a place. But um, yeah, at the end of the day, I still need visas to go to places because of where I was born, not because of what I know or what, you know, mm. my understanding is of places, but because just of how I look and where I was born so um no matter what i preach here um the 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 prejudice and the you know sort of injustice that you know is in the travel international travel um holds true and takes precedent over anything i say um so I can't quite say that travel you know reaffirms that re reassures and reaffirms the uh, the discrimination and privileges it you know those are not entirely related uh travel oftentimes travel you know is enabled or disabled because of those prejudice prejudices but i don't think travel mm-hmm. does much you know to um you know to reaffirm that um i mm-hmm. um, uh, yeah i don't know i i i like to think it broadens your mind i like to think it makes you a better person mm-hmm. Um, but I don't want to deny the fact that, it, it, you know, there's deep uh, privileges and uh, inequalities and injustice that are in the mobility and of people around the world.
0: Mm-hmm. Yes, um, this is one factor, and maybe it comes back also to how do you prepare as a traveler. It can broaden your mind, and it you can learn. Something, but only if you are prepared and if you are willing to challenge what you thought a place or the people would be. Uh, otherwise um, it doesn't change anything really. Um, what I I read an article um, where you said that Nepal basically opened tourism in 1950. And before that mm. people weren't starving. There was a good community structure. Um, And then I thought myself, even right now, or especially right now in the during pandemic situation, we still think that we, I would say, um, as travelers or tourism development aid need to uh, uplift some countries like Nepal, maybe. Um, So I was wondering, how is your feeling about um, is tourism a crucial factor for economic development for, for example, Nepal?
1: Mm, yes yes um on the on the bigger picture uh yes it is see i i i'm i'm glad you you read that article what happens is that you know we as a human society evolves around the economy we sort of sort of adapt to the economy that is booming right um and right now because there was a huge potential and huge surge of tourists and you know sort of industry of travel, a lot of people changed their um sort of economic models to that involves tourism and so yes a lot of lot lot a lot more people are dependent on tourism now um but would I say Nepal would have you know crumpled without tourism hands down not at all
2: mm-hmm.
1: um But now, because a lot of people, much of economy, a lot of economy relies on tourism, Um, I must, I would say it it is indispensable, but but it's not, you know, it's not the end of the world. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: Um, I know a lot of people, you know, who are trekking guides and um, their sole mode of income is tourism and trekking and whatnot. So, you know, imagine... You know, hundreds, hundreds of thousands of people who rely on, you know, trekking and porters and cooks and hotel managers and bus drivers and and whatnot. So, yes.
0: And how is uh, is is it currently in Nepal? When um, right now there are, I guess, not many outside travelers coming. Um, Is it really difficult, or are you trying to find different um, solutions, different kind of jobs? Or, Um,
1: I, I personally, I'm not, I'm not much involved in the, in the quote-unquote tourism industry per Mm -hmm. se. Um, um, You know, I don't, I don't own a hotel or or like to take people up up the mountains. uh, Like to take people up the mountains when they see uh, as, as a guide. Um, But I, I I like to say there's work being done. There's, there's people who are big in, you know, tourism in Nepal, but I'm, I'm not involved much. Um, Just, just the nature of my work and my qualifications is more, more geared towards the educational aspect of traveling, Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, and which involves being a little bit of a social critic and, cultural liaison mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. okay right um and there's actually another quote i think it also from the same article i would like to uh read it uh, because it also connects to what we just said earlier um, after a couple of weeks they head back home in their air-conditioned houses with their suvs and branded clothing made by child laborers and basically continue causing all the problems. They are keeping the people here poor in the first place. Um, So what would be a a key or maybe an advice or anything that would help people to understand uh, the interconnections or not only the urge of, oh, I want to help, but um, to make them aware of, you know, what you're doing back home is also really important.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, first off, don't ride SUVs. SUVs are stupid. <laughs> <laughs> um anyways. Um yes. See, I can't I can't say I can't say don't use air conditioning um because I've been in the northeast and you'll die if you don't use air conditioning. That that is more of a philosophical angle that I was tackling it at. Um But all I'm saying is it takes a lot to change, you know, change the world. Um, And you can't just uh, come here and uh, change it. I assume that you're going to make such a great impact while you just go back home and, you know, you're not, you you don't even analyze. And so look at what your patterns are, you know, what the society stands for and how exploitative and how, you know, sort of. Uh, how, how bad for the, for the, you know, natural environment or, you know, as uh, it, it is the lifestyle and, and the the culture and the economy is, and, you know, you as an individual and your part in it also. Um, Oftentimes there's a, there's a saying in, in, in Nepali is, which, which goes something like, well, who's gonna, you know, make their hands dirty cleaning their own house i i love this and a lot of it's it is the the problem of uh, it's very symptomatic this is a symptom of um of of this you know this problem that we see where people you know come to change do gooders wanna be gooders come to change different places but um they fail to look at their own lives back home uh, and so, you know, my first advice is, you know, look at it closely. Um, mm-hmm. Be a part of movements that, you know, that inspire bigger change. Um, you know, if you really want to wanna feel like you've made a great impact, then, you know, don't fool yourself that you're going to make a big impact by picking up a few plastic bottles in Nepal. Mm-hmm. Yes, you know, they they're good, whatever. But... You know the net impact and externalities of the Western lifestyle and this capitalistic lifestyle is is more detrimental. Mm -hmm. It's hundreds of thousands of you know hundreds of thousands plastics worth, plastic bottles worth, and so you know just I don't know. It's it's a bigger it's a bigger question. I'm also not always sold on those how the big corporations pay. Consumers to be the change makers while they exploit, mm-hmm. um, you know, where they're like change starts from you, you know, where they drain the rivers and then they say you've got to pick your plastic and the earth will be saved. I don't, I don't think so. I also don't want to fall into that narrative of, um, you know, just saying that, oh, you do your part and the earth will be good and the injustices will be mitigated. Not, not at all. Um, it's a bigger question. It's, it's, it's a lot more jarring. So,
2: no.
1: um, I don't know. I, I think it's, it's, it's time, it's time for everyone to be a lot more critical of, of their lifestyles. And, um, you know, like, you know, in, in the United States, you know, how, how serious, it's such a, it's so symptomatic that the politics is, is so symptomatic of this, you know, massive epidemic of, uh, uh you know how the earth is being treated you know like how can how can 75 million people vote 70 million people vote for a staunch anti-environmentalist anti-environ- a s a a racist a bigot you know who's you know how how is that possible so i don't know uh, those those things got to change and same same everywhere you got you got these populist People people come to places like, you know, Nepal and India and Cambodia and, and they're like, oh, yeah, these places are so messed up. And then they go mm-hmm. back home and they nearly like these populist, you know, assholes who are doing nothing but ruining the earth and the people. And so I'm like,
0: yeah,
1: you know, <laughs> it's
0: so true. Um, I think it takes a lot of courage to reflect um, on your own country and really to be honest with yourself actually, and uh, like you said, to to look at the broader picture and not only take responsibility for your own life, but just as you said, it's also according to um, voting to the government, but also to corporations. Um, it's good to make your daily choices, but in the end, it's like a really, it's a big thing um, and you, you can do something yourself, but in the end, um, yeah, it's much more complex.
1: Yeah, and 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 I don't know. Like I, I know Europe is playing, toying with the idea of, you know, populist, uh, you know, these authoritarian regimes, some far right regimes. That, and I, I know that that's that. To me, maybe for many Europeans, it's not because, you know, the externalities of the world being destroyed is much higher to to people living in I don't know coastal towns in overpopulated towns in Bangladesh or India or these places for, for them, you know, for people in, in Europe and, you know, these prosperous countries economically, they, you know, the, the impact of their actions and who they elect and how they behave, it doesn't impact them as much as it does. And that, that is what externality is. Mm -hmm. And I, I like to, I always like to bring people back to the idea of externalities on, on that you're not an isolated thing. Your country, your culture, your way of living is not an isolated thing. It has repercussions. And, um, you know, so when you want to, when you insert yourself in the equation, not as a savior, more importantly, as a problem, you know, when you insert your culture, your, you know, what you stand for centuries of exploitation, as a problem on why these places are the way they are, uh, you know, and and so it takes a lot of reckoning. And I hate when people just, you know, forget to put themselves. I hate just when people are like, "I'm the savior in this equation and nothing mm-hmm. else." Mm-hmm. You're not. Yeah. Yeah. As a matter of fact, you know, if if they, with the history of colonization and whatnot, if there was not there a lot of countries, we would be we'd be beating a lot of other countries if you know many african countries would be beating a lot of other countries they would be so much more prosperous and so much more yeah. um, you know it's just for some reasons people seem to forget that and i don't know my my work is reminding reminding that once in a while
0: yeah yeah and it's so important it's i totally agree what you said and it's so important um, and I think this is also where humbleness comes in. I think we also talked about it earlier. It's uh, a key part um, of, of this whole thing, basically. And um, what do you say when you have, for example, a group of people and um, they don't see the full picture? Or they don't behave in a, maybe in a humble way um, or maybe they take typical pictures or they are annoyed by the trash in, in Nepal. What do you say? Or what do you do?
1: Mm. It's if they take typical pictures, that's their problem. You know, sometimes I think those cliches are. I know I like the fact that uh, the culture is shifting sometimes around these things and those those pictures that are so typical they people don't like them much. Mm. Uh, and so I'm I'm pretty glad with that. You um, know, so be it. You know, people want to take pictures, in their own cliched pictures. I, I'm I'm fine with that um but you can't can't be i know I, I do not like when the people are disrespectful and people look down upon the, the locals um and, and and to me that i that, that grinds my gears um and uh to to just assume that you can wear everything you want and you can have all ac- access to everywhere you want to go and everyone's gonna be so so nice to you and to assume that and to expect I don't you know do not reciprocate that the same hospitality while traveling it really grinds my gears
0: Mm -hmm. yeah yeah Um, I think this is also uh, what we talked about uh, the mindset thing can or should also be a part of sustainable travel or conscious travel Um, what would you say are the main aspects in general of sustainable or conscious travel
1: I always go back to the idea of understanding, um, asking, asking deeper questions, asking why you're traveling. Um, and if you really want to be sustainable traveler, um, to what extent are you going to be? There's no absolute sustainability. Um, sustainability looks different for different people. Um, and so, you know, the understanding, but the, the, the question is, you know, why you, why are you traveling? What's the motive behind it? Um, that, that deep, questioning is I think it's it's critical and then doing doing a lot of homework doing a lot of work around you know researching um on on people and places and and all you know all kinds of stuff that you know a country has to provide and um you know and then coming with a with an open mind and this not not taking this moral high ground and Mm -hmm. not coming with the with an angle of moral superiority and you know letting yourself loose once in a while it, it there's no there's no harm in enjoying the pleasantries of you know a country the 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 stuff is there for you to enjoy um but if you really want to be sustainable you you know you got to do a lot more work um, do a lot more work and you know try to um do a lot more research and you know and be be considerate both economically and socially, and your footprint and 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 whatnot.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, when you say um, people should do a lot of research, do you have, I mean, apart from someone could do an educational tour, but if they want to do the research themselves beforehand, and if uh, once they are in a country. Um, do you have any tips where and how they can do the research because i imagine when you just look on i don't know blogs of other travelers you will find just other tourists um, tips um do you have mm. any idea how you can do this deeper research
1: yeah yeah absolutely absolutely um you know the the internet uh, i mean i go back to the idea of internet internet definitely you know is it is it is a mine it's got a lot of stuff that you know that's if ranging from super typical to like very rare information that um you know you just gotta gotta try to find it and then also when you when you get to a country do do your part in engaging with local people and um you know be open-minded and then also there's you know sometimes sometimes it's not possible to you know, do, do those things that are strictly off the grid and you got to be fine with it. You can't, you know, you can't hike. You know, you, so there's some places where you just can't go without a guide and
2: mm-hmm.
1: it's fine. Actually, as a matter of fact, taking a guide is, you know, I like to think it's, it's a lot more sustainable because it supports. Um, yeah, there's a lot, lot of things you can do. Um, much of it involves just, you know, looking, reading, reading about a country is ing- nice. Just find out books that are nice, you know, books that are written well, uh, not just traveling books, but books about the history or stuff about, written by authors from from a place um, that gives you actually a really nice uh, insight on, on the culture. Mm-hmm. And try to read books, maybe maybe written by locals also. There's no harm. Um, Oftentimes, uh, an expatriate's experience is a little different. So you read, you you look it up, you you, know, you talk to people, um, and then I think, and whatever information that you can get is is good information. You know, it's mm-hmm. it's great. I think. Yeah. I like I like to say that in that case, your attitude and your sort of um, intention really does matter. Okay. You gotta you. Better you gotta keep working on it when you come.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's uh, really good tips. Uh, I never thought about um, this kind of research as well, actually. Um, I think we also touched on this uh, on the volunteering part, but maybe um, I would—I was really curious to ask this as well. Um, I guess or I assume normally would see many people who are going to—I don't know orphanages or other places in in nepal um what do you think when you see these people or do you talk to them um or do you feel like it um, doesn't make any difference um what do you do or what do you think when you see uh, other volunteers or volunteers
1: i once again i don't like to make generalizations Mm um when i see them i'm i'm not you know if I, if I do that, make that generalization, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm making that assumption and,
0: yeah, you're right. you are know, yeah. Yeah. When,
1: when you assume it makes you an, it makes an ass of you and me, that, 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 that saying that goes like that. Um, but on or more, there's a, there's a systemic problem that, you know, so these industries are run. It's an industry volunteering. It's not, you know, it, it is so contradictory to itself. Volunteering is an industry. It is a thriving industry. It is a multi-multi billion dollar industry, and it's volunteering. So you see the contradiction mm-hmm. in itself. Uh, and you know you gotta you gotta ask that first question:
2: mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> Why is volunteering a multi-multi billion dollar industry right now? And then and then then you might you know, scratch the problems. Um, I've never been a fan of volunteering, honestly. Um, and uh, I've seen how it impacts places i've seen how you know how dependent it can make people and how reliant it can make people and how unsustainable it is in the long run Mm -hmm. um you know it's like you know if i came to cologne germany and i started building a you know small you know toilet, <laughs> <laughs> toilet. <laughs> i i you know i don't have experience i don't understand cologne i i barely have had life experience I'm, I, let's say i'm you know i'm a 20 year old you know sheltered you know person you know it, i just most more often than not i don't have the right tools to be impactful and you know just like it's a you know half half knowledge is dangerous it's like if you know how to swim that's great if you're a good swimmer that's good if you if you don't know how to swim that's good too if you know how to swim that's good too but if you're unsure of whether mm. you can swim or not that's very dangerous mm.
0: um yeah, yeah it's, so, you know, it's self-awareness uh, in the end again right
1: <laughs> yeah it's you know it's like that and in in that, that that extent that holds true actually for these volunteering trips that a lot of people take is that many a times you know you hear like stories that are just like searing indictment to um to this industry where women there was a, a story about uganda where this woman went and um just started treating people and you know eventually did like catastrophic damage um So that happens when you even when you build a build a concrete house in a in a place that doesn't have running water, you know it 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 just you you gotta you can't just do that. Play with people's um, you know play with these people's self you know self esteem cultures self esteem Mm -hmm. and come and just yeah I know there's an industry. I know that they, they, I know they frame it as, you know, places needed. Yes, yeah, some places need it, but it's, it's, oh, it's the majority of times it's quite useless, I think.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're right. I mean, um, it could be a point where you get people who think they want to volunteer and in the end you give them an educational experience maybe. Um, And they kind of learn themselves, um, oh, now I see it's not about me, it's not about me helping, but um, it's about actually seeing and getting to know people uh, and learn from each other. Mm -hmm. I think um, that could be a chance, but yeah, you have to get to this point eventually to make it happen.
1: It's, it's, It's oftentimes demeaning, like it's not reciprocal. You, know, you don't see a brown dude like me you know coming to we western countries you know northern countries and just you know coming to help you know it just doesn't doesn't happen that and the, one of the problems of volunteering in today's scenario it's very it's very one sided it's it's not reciprocal um you know even the learning aspect is not reciprocal where you know yeah you come to a place you can learn you know, you, you help people and then you learn, you learn, but there's, there's, it's just very stratified. Um, And so volunteering is, you know, so in the end, it just perpetuates the same, um, same injustice that it, you know, is supposed to eradicate. And I honestly think volunteering is not the way to change the world. Yeah. Yeah. and yes, there's there's cases of better positive impact, but but I've 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 gone weary of, of the inf- effects of volunteering on, on the world. See, this it's a booming industry. It's a multi-billion-dollar industry, but the places are getting poorer. Um, you know, a lot of places are actually getting poorer, and there's no more often than not, it's there's no visible signs of prosperity and change.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: um volunteering also takes it away from um a lot of these things are fall on the local governance and you know and the the governance is what its responsibility is to provide these things and of many a times there's actually this is a problem that's starting again is that these governance this parts of governances are actually relying on volunteering to get stuff done. Mm. And that to me is a really messed up case where if you rely on week long tourists to build a school that you, you know, in your in your community, then that is a deeply, deeply problematic. And uh, yeah, and so, you know, these local, local governments in many places rely on it. And to me, I think that's a bad precedent to have.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you're right. Um, and then just what you said, the, the places stay poor and um, the fees that are paid are also mostly go back to the organization and don't actually end up uh, with the projects, not mostly maybe. Um, and what you are talking about is also about development work or development aid. Um, so I assume you also don't think that this is a good idea development work? Um, is it never a good idea? Um, are there good examples? Or what do you think?
1: I think there's good examples. I think there's good examples. But see, we, we oftentimes do not ask, like, this is a question that is 99% of the times is missing. Like, we don't even ask, we always assume that volunteering is great. And development is like, development work, international aid is great. It's, yes, it's it's got its good aspects in places. But yes it is deeply flawed and and that's the first step we never we never ask see we always you know we 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 sort of see the both sides of a lot of other things you know we we look at um you know politics local politics and we sort of see the dark, ugly sides and we assume that things will have ugly sides we see we see you know law and we see Um, legislation and we see ugly sides of a lot of things you know we see ugly sides of a lot of industries but volunteering and um, international aid and international development this is some things that we never never ever question them they are Mm -hmm. like they're like pedestalized and and so no and that is absolutely the wrong way to go you gotta you gotta you have to you have to um, question these things. There there has to be a lot of regulations on how, you know, volunteering work and how international aid is dispersed and what its ramifications are, what kind of systems does it perpetuate. Um, and, and you know, the conversations moving, I know that, but these things, I've seen the, the, you know, how dark they can get. And I've, you know, I know for a fact that a lot of, um, you know, it, it really perpetuates a lot of you know, injustices. Um, but we never we never look at them this way.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I feel like we just opened a box and put uh, development aid and volunteering in the this is always great box and we uh, don't dare to open it again and look at it and reflect and uh, think, yeah, if it's actually in the right place always, um, maybe it's about general generalizations again what you said is not always good but um it's about uh, talking to each other and find individual solutions for a place and for a country and for a cause um i would say mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. It, it's deep it's really deep yeah um you know the, the accountability piece is important Yeah. and uh you know how sustainable it is um and uh you know it 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 really I see so many failing projects. Um, I see so many failing projects because they've not they've not been thought thoroughly and they've not been consulted with people. They've not been um, you know they've not been actually researched properly in collaboration with locals. And
2: mm-hmm.
1: and you know yes, there's some money in your your project and you wanna disperse it, um, but you know, it, it has it has never negative effects. See the, the the irrigation canal that you built in a in a village, you know, it's a it's concrete canal you you built, you build, you know, it's concrete, it's gonna stay there. It can actually oftentimes, you know, cut off the water supply and mess up the springs. Do you think about that? No, you were like, oh, uh, you know, an irrigation canal is is important. And then you just go ahead and build one and you don't think about who's going to be there to take care of it in the future. What is the contingency plan if, if this doesn't happen? What is the contingency plan for repair?
2: Mm-hmm. You know
1: you build schools and you're like, "Oh, we build a school, yes, they need it." but what is the contingency plan? You know you build a school in, in the middle of the you know a village, but uh, how about, how about the fact that the students just don't make it? Don't want to make it there because it's an hour from the village and just gotta gotta think of all those things um,
0: yeah. and i think you don't you can't actually know all the factors as an outsider uh, it would take years to to be aware of all the stuff so what you said is totally true to talk to locals and to give them just to ask them and um, kind of take the back seat i would say
1: yeah take the back seat exactly. Take the back seat and you know, also question why why are you why are you doing it? You know, why why is this place in the state that it is? Is it the lack of you know functionality, lack of function of the local governance? You know, if that's the case, then there's a bigger picture. You know, a corrupt government a corrupt governance, a corrupt um power dynamic actually again perpetuates a lot of things. So sometimes when NGOs and I NGOs consult with the the sort of power brokers, power powerful people in the in the communities, and they just end up funneling a lot of resources to them, and you're like, "Wow, you look at you, you are just, you know, you you're the Robin Hood who, who who takes from the rich and gives to the rich,"
0: <laughs> <laughs> you know. And, uh, yeah. So yeah. It. So true. Stuff like that happens. <laughs> oh, I could uh, actually I could talk to you for ages, um, but I have one last question in um, like from the normal questions. Um, you t- also talked about privilege, um, that we have a privilege um, and we should acknowledge it. Uh, how is it different from your privilege, and why why should we acknowledge it?
1: a Great question. Um... Yes, it's it's really important to under, acknowledge your privilege where you're born, and you know the, the you know again I go back to the idea of how you know there's discrimination that's rampant and injustice that's rampant in the world, and how because of how you look you are granted a free pass in life. It is really really important to to acknowledge that, um, and and to 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 see that you were actually the one of the factors that you might be in the places that you might be is because of your um, your background. And then that is incredibly important. It, you know, and so you, you it's unfair to make those like, you know, statements like, oh, you know, we all are equal. The world is an equal place. and And so, yes, you know, kind of like people saying, you know, oh, you know, I don't see color
2: mm-hmm. when
1: it comes to talking about racism. Uh, and that's deeply problematic because then you're not aware of of centuries of how the world was run and how there was a massive imbalance in how exploitation worked you gotta you gotta understand even i do you know i do in nepal my you know i I come from the Brahmin you know nepal you know still has caste system repercussions of caste system, and you know when so caste system is just stratification of people and discrimination and oppression based on these arbitrary, um, you know, last names and where you're born. Um, and so yeah, yeah, I've I've benefited from that, um, and it's important for me to to acknowledge that. Um, mm-hmm. You know, yeah, I might I might be, you know, I might not be, you know, you know, it my privilege might not can might not be translated in the same ways, the same grave ways that you used to exist. But nevertheless, I am, you know, I am a product of that. And just like you are a product of, you know, whatever you're, uh, it's really important. And, uh, and, and to, and so, and then, but also to understand that, you know, being privileged in a certain way doesn't mean, doesn't mean that other people are a subject of pity. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, there's, there's cultures function differently. Uh, not every culture, you know, is driven by this idea of growth, 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 and more, more and more money and more and more industries and more and more GDP. Not every culture is, is, uh, is driven by that. And so to define privilege with how much material comfort that you have is also, I think, wrong. Um, to, to define, um, you know, your, define the level of, I guess, prosperity and happiness that people have, just with how much money or how much material possessions they have. So, you know, I I I think there's no denying that privilege is is real, and you know, there's injustice. But there's also there's no denying that um, cultures function differently, and not all cultures rely heavily on not everyone who relies is looking at your lifestyle and you know, and dying to get there. People, you know, there's cultures like Nepal where, you know, you know, family ties are intact, communities are in, intact. And to me, I like to think that's a big privilege also mm-hmm. to, to be born brought up in a culture. Yep. Um so I'm I'm aware of that privilege that I have is that those ties, I know I, I look out my window and there's a temple. I look out my other window, there's another temple. I go to the city and there's like these centuries-old temples and places that still exist Mm -hmm. and these squares and these people and so you know i'm constantly aware and that's what makes me love my you know love my place um do i think do i think i'm i'm any less than less than a suburban new yorker not at all i think but do i think there's injustice and there's um, discrimination yes absolutely Yeah.
0: um and so Yeah, it's so, so true and so important what you just said. Um, I think it's, yeah, I just want to add, uh, you have to acknowledge your privilege and, but at the same time, um, acknowledge it, but not feel sorry about it, um, because I also had this feeling of, oh, okay, I have a privilege um, and I feel so sorry about um, the whole racial system and what happened um, years ago. But when I acknowledge the problem, I also, also can work to change it. Right. I can um, make different decisions and try to dismantle power systems. And um, yeah, but I have to yeah, get aware. Exactly.
1: Mm-hmm. exactly. I've gone to a point where I pretty much, you know, pity to me in any circumstances is very demeaning people you know people look at people who are you know pushing their carts in the middle of the street and they're like oh i pity the you know this poor guy you know to me i like i actually have gone to a point where i actually i even find that quite problematic
2: mm-hmm.
1: um you know and i think i think there's a lot to say about people's self-respect and self-actualization and you know honor you know we 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 a lot of our cultures here in you know in you know, in in India, Nepal, Pakistan, Afghanistan, you know, in the Middle East and Asia, there's a lot of honor about, you know, your your history and your uh, culture, mm. and we 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 really, you know, it's it's a culture of honor. Uh, you know you don't want to you would rather eat so it fosters resiliency and when someone pities you when someone just comes and assumes that they can just hand out and these things to you uh, you know and it it, you know it it doesn't quite resonate with your culture of resilience and self-esteem and
0: Rishi, thank you so much um, for all the insights, your knowledge. And um, I learned, I really learned so much. Um, And in the end, we have to make it quick because like I said, we talked so long already. Uh, But in the end, I have a few questions I ask every one of my interview partners. And uh, the first one is, what means sustainability to you? What do you connect with the word sustainability?
1: Sustainability... Means uh, looking at the past, at the present, and at the future, mm-hmm. um, and to to see to see the impacts, to see how it's going to play out later, to see you know this this earth not just as to see this life not just as our you know not just as our playground and something to exploit. Sustainability also looks in the future generations and, and try tries to preserve um, you know this. Everything. Try. You know, it's about preservation, and uh, you know, it comes down from generosity, generosity, and understanding that we are a part of the bigger picture, and we have moral responsibility to um, to make sure that good things keep happening. Yeah, mm-hmm. and sustainability is about looking at the future
0: mm-hmm. and stem. Okay, is there a book, um, a film, or any? Anything that inspired you and a source of knowledge that you really liked
1: um, yes, there's a lot of books i I like reading about anti imperialist books um if you are not familiar with a lot of work, I love the works of John Pelger and you know i love i love any any books that you know um you know I love books from there's a book from Naomi Klein and there's books from a lot of investigative journalists and who work in these places. Um, so you, you know, you, then you understand about why the world is in the state that it is a lot of times it's because those powerful nations and powerful cultures came and just stumped them uh, in the name of development and uh, pushing their agenda. So I'm a big fan of those books, cool. those anti imperialist books. Um, but I have to say one of my favorite books is, um, is from my friend Claire, Claire Bennett. She mm. is, um, she is, uh, hands down one of the biggest experts in discussions about, um, volunteering and sustainability. And she wrote a book called, uh, uh the, a guide to what I can, I, uh,
0: learning service. Yeah. Um, the, a guide to, the- um, yeah, a guide to, hmm, but I had her on the podcast already. Um, I will link, um, the interview with her also in the description so people can check it out yeah
1: it's it's a phenomenal book and uh and she really i unlike me where i most oftentimes talk about the philosophical sides and sort of you know deconstruct a lot of those things claire actually is, talks about a lot of practical things and she's has, has, has a lot of experience with that so that book i must say is a must so if you mm-hmm. are really if you really want to want to understand these things you've got to read that book mm-hmm.
0: um, my last one is how do you see the world in the next let's like, say 10 years um you said that you are really interested in what is happening in the world right now and how we got here but what do you think where are we going the next years oh
1: we 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 at first starts we're not going in the right direction um we really are not. Um, and uh, yeah, a lot of people think, oh, you know, the world is a better place right now. I beg to differ. I don't think, you know, if you're living in in Syria or Yemen, the world is actually a terrible place place right now because of anyway, Anyways, I mean, um, you know, the biggest thing is the environmental um, aspect. I I don't think we're we're giving it due diligence and the work, the urgent work that we're doing, especially the, um, the, the governance and the, you know, the bigger picture corporations. And so I, I, I don't want to be a Debbie downer, but I I don't, you know, I'm not, I also don't want to be a, I'm a pragmatist and, you know, and realist, and I don't think we're going in the right direction, Mm -hmm. but I know that there's a big push for, um, for these things about sustainability of the planet and sustainability of human race, and um, there's conversations that are happening, and uh, I feel grateful for that.
0: Yeah, yeah. Let's hope it's not not too late, and we are, um, yeah, turning things around. Is, yeah, we gotta
1: stop electing. Yeah, we gotta stop electing these
0: um,
1: these power hungry authoritarian nature-hating people, they're they are the worst. So I, I think that's my biggest advice. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Is there anything you would like to say in the end? Um, I would like to give um, the last words of the interview to you. So if there's anything. Uh, also, I don't know if um, someone would like um, to contact you or um, learn more about the educational travel. Uh, you can also, Yeah. I will link it down also.
1: Yeah, I'd absolutely be happy to connect with anyone interested. Um, Yeah, sorry, um, you know, oftentimes I fall fall into this where I, you know, I go into these tangents and I rant. You know, you have to understand that I, you know, um, it takes, I devote a lot of time when I'm leading with people. I devote a lot of time in these topics and it's hard to cram it in one hour. So naturally, you sort of go on this, uh, you know, sort of dive deep and go on these tangents and and whatnot but i hope i hope you know i hope you were able to extract things of value and um yeah and i'd be more than happy to connect with anyone i'm sure you'll you'll share my contacts if people need it
0: yes yes you can um tell me uh later and i will link it in the description uh and um Yes, like I said already, it was really amazing and uh, I'm really grateful for your time and for your insights and um, thank you so much, Rishi.
1: Thank you, Catherine. Thank you so much. It was a pleasure. Bye-bye.
0: Okay, like I said in the beginning, I hope you learned as much as I did. And I think it was so interesting also for me personally to challenge myself and to challenge what I Think about travel or what i think about authentic travel and to kind of put myself in his perspective or try to see how he is perceiving travelers and um really this connection uh, between it so so interesting i think um many people right now i mean not right now when we can't travel internationally very far but people I saw a lot of people bragging about their experiences um, and saying they had the most authentic and um, it's like a like a competition more or less but still like Rishi said travel can broaden our perspective but only if we are willing to learn if we are willing to get out of our mental comfort zone It is okay to travel for leisure and to enjoy a place, but if you have the intention, or if you want to learn, you have to, I have to say this way, you have to work beforehand. And like he said, this might get you a more immersive experience in the end. Because otherwise, and this is what I actually talked about in another German episode, otherwise people will cater to you what they think you want as a tourist. They think you want a sort of cultural, um, I don't know, show, but this is not what you want, right? So your work is to challenge your assumptions and ask yourself, why do you want to travel? You should be respectful. And I think this is really um, beautiful. You should take back what you learned to your home country and say and tell people how diverse a country and the world actually is and this is what vishi talked about a lot don't make generalizations you can find all the links to the show notes on the website linked below it's the new website so go and check it out you will find the links to the podcast episode with claire bennett on volunteering You can find the book, Learning Service, what we talked about and Rishi gave me his WhatsApp number and email and he said you can contact him whenever you feel like you would like to get in touch and um, are interested in, in his work, basically. If you learned something and if you liked the episode, I would love to receive a rating here on iTunes or wherever you listen to this podcast spread the message, share it. It's easy for you, it's a small click, but it's, it has a big impact for me and for the podcast. If you're interested in general in these kind of tourist learning, uh, sustainable travel topics, you can also go to Give and Grow. This is um, the nonprofit organization I'm currently working on and um, the one I founded a few weeks ago. Uh, You can find resources, workshops, online resources, down below. Um, Yeah, so go check this out as well. And I talk to you soon. Thank you so much for changing your perspective with me.